This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, Nutrisource Pet Foods, Aluma Trailers, and by Waltons. I'm currently sitting at Hay Creek Kennel in Gilman, Wisconsin. We've just completed one of the most comprehensive dog training seminars that I've ever seen. It's called The Method, launched by Sonny Picars, Jordan Wells, and George Lyle. I've got all three of these world-class dog trainers sitting next to me right now, along with the dozen dog owners and handlers that just completed this course. Our hope today is to blow your mind on this podcast, just like The Method opened our eyes today to help our dogs. The Onyx Hunt app is one of the most valuable hunting tools that I take into the field every day, and now that app is available in our vehicles. Yep, Onyx did it. They launched Apple CarPlay. That means when you plug your phone into your vehicle, you now have the option to open up the Onyx app right on the dash of your hunting rig. No more holding your phone while driving, which is obviously dangerous, and you get all of the same layers on your vehicle dash that you get on your phone. You can see the aerial view of your location while driving down the road, just like you'd see if you're using your own Maps, apps, ways, or Google Maps. Except now you can find out if the properties around you are open to the public. The landowner's name that owns the land. And if you're in North Dakota, you can see if that land is posted without even touching your phone. To use this feature, simply make sure your Onyx app is up to date. And if you're not an iPhone user, don't worry. Onyx is currently working on the same platform for Android phones too. Apple CarPlay, the latest incredible feature from Onyx Hunt. Always know where you stand and now where you drive with Onyx Hunt. Welcome to another episode of the Flush Podcast. I'm Travis Frank. I'm your host, Brandon Morton. is slacking today. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, probably picking morale mushrooms. But we are in central Wisconsin right now at Hay Creek Kennel. Sonny, thank you so much for opening up this place today. I don't really have the words to describe what happened today. But I've had goosebumps multiple times. And the reason why is because I saw dogs go through mental hurdles and overcome obstacles and work with their handlers in ways that I wish every dog owner in America or in the world could witness to see it firsthand. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's called The Method. And Sonny Picars, why don't you um, introduce the fellow over here to my left and to my right that are a part of this training method with you. We got George Lyle to the right and Jordan Wells to the left. And together combined, how many years of dog training do you three gentlemen have? I'm not good with adding. I got, <laughs> I got 25 for sure. George? 20. I'm on 13. All right, a couple of years, a couple of years. George, I thought you were like 30. I've been telling everyone you got 30 years. You've been lying to me this whole time. Well, I like to exaggerate a lot of things, so I might have told you 30, but I think it's more like 20 plus. We'll go there. All right. So you have all come out of the, the Huntsmith uh, training method, right, or the training the silent command training system, right? You know, Sonny, we had you on a couple weeks ago on this podcast. Jordan, you were just on two weeks ago, I, I would guess. George, you're on every single episode because you and I have been all over North America together and you've taught me basically everything that I know about my wonderful, beautiful dog. And I've seen her just transform in front of my very eyes into just an elite bird hunter that I enjoy spending every second of the day in the field. So you pretty much end up in every one of these shows. Um, but why, maybe you can explain this, George, why are we here today and how did this come about? Um, so first of all, thank you, Travis. Um, you did a lot of the work yourself with Daisy. So I was just there to help mentor and give you some guardrails and, and guide you, but it takes the, the individual dog owner to follow through and commit to that animal and uh and give it the guidance and and help it learn and and you did that so but thanks for the the nice words but why are we here today is because um 
even myself at 20 years and Sonny Picars is one of my mentors and he's the guy that, you know, you always get the buddy that, um, you're doing something and they're sitting there about 10 feet away from you and they're just shaking their head going, why in the world are you doing it like that? Yeah. You know? And, and he's, and he's a good enough friend to come up and go and kind of give you a slap on the back and go, don't do it like that. You know, here's, he was my guiding light as well. And Rick Smith was my guiding light. And, um, what Sonny and Jordan have developed over the last decade of, of, taking what we all learned and the system that we all learned to the kind of the, I'll call it the next level. Cause sitting here today turned on a lot of light bulbs for me. And, um, you know, Jordan was working with, uh, my daughter's dog and just the way he approaches, um, say the, the, the ops, the, the frustration the dog is in turned the light bulb on for me. And when you can, when I can sit here and say that and go, wow, I've been, I, I've been doing this for a long time and I always thought I was doing it the right way. Well, I was doing it the right way because that's the way I was taught. And to see these two guys just open the door for this whole crew here mm-hmm. was, was amazing. So today we, we've spent, I don't know what time it is now, but we have been here for 10 hours or so, maybe more working with dogs. And it, it is mentally exhausting to try to absorb everything because I want to, but as tired as I am, those dogs out there are all at a whole nother level in a good way, in a very good way. Because what we did today was we focused on getting into the dog's mind. Sonny, this is something that you have been working hard at and have perfected, you and Jordan. We've touched on it in the last couple episodes. People want, they can go back and and listen to kind of your story and Jordan, you, you explained how you got into this, but dig into the method for us, Sonny, and explain that, or Jordan, if, which one you, whichever you want to grab this. I'll go first just with my, with, with my take on it. Um, the method was developed just out of frustration, trying to work with the people. Um, the, the clientele has changed. The dogs have changed to some extent, but uh, desperate, and uh, importantly, trying to help, like r- literally wanting to help them, see them do the best they could do, and see the dogs have the best possible life that they could have. Um, <clears throat> the frustration that the dogs have had over the, the, the years of building this uh, has been, uh, been, it's been hard. I mean, it's, it's hard to watch them. Uh, George's uh, wire hair, or Griffin, that that's hard to watch. So this whole thing for us has come about trying to help people, mm-hmm. and then ultimately helping the people can help the dogs, and that's that's where the satisfaction, that's where the the peace, the fun, that that's where it's been in, in inspiring and it got me kicked back into gear to go do it some more. Jordan, what's your take? Yeah, no, I think coming into it of you know I didn't get to be around the older school client. You know I got thrown right into it and you know, kind of hit a wall with the training styles that we're using. And you saw the dogs were frustrated. They were tough. They were unruly. Um, And it was really because the people were just getting, you know, more and more uneducated about the dog. So, you know, this program, this, this method that we've developed is more to help the people and then it helps the dog. And it's breaking it down into such small details and pieces that it's able to be teachable to the people. So the dogs have been changing because of the people. And that's really where we need to get to is the people. So this method is really more about teaching the people and then also bringing the dog into the picture and then setting them off on their way to work together as a team. So it's, it's building that teamwork and it's building that relationship and it's getting that dog to look to their owner for that leadership position. So, Sonny, we we just wrapped up not long ago, and and you kind of wrapped it up as we're all in this group with our dogs, and and I think you basically summed up what our show is here today and what you are doing now in that this conversation that we've had here today and all the hours we put into the dogs has really been for you to try to understand if you can teach people 
because you guys work with dogs every single day. You, you do this all the time and you've been doing it for 10 years, but you thought there's got to be a way to help people get into the mindset to help their dog. The dogs are stressed. The dogs are, you know, they're coming with all these issues that people can't work through on their own. And so we gathered here today because you put all of these ideas and these methods that you have been training with now for a, a decade to work in, in hopes that we could retain it, right? Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. And I, and I think we nailed it. Um, by lunchtime, I was satisfied. Early in the morning, I had all kinds of stress, all kinds of anxiety. Are we gonna, going to be able to fulfill what we set out to do? Mm-hmm. Um, the monkey was off my back at lunchtime. We, we had done it. And it was, it was nothing more than tapping into the human to better understand the animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, We have, like I mentioned, uh, I think at the top of the show, we have about a dozen people sitting behind us right now. And we're going to open this conversation up to the dog owners that have dogs of different breeds and different ages, and just to kind of understand where they have come here today with their dog and and what they're trying to accomplish. So we're going to, this could end up being a two episode because there's just a lot of information to get into. So we're going to do our best to try to get it to people right now that are listening. There will be more information. I know you, we were just talking a little bit ago. You guys are, are launching a website. There are going to be more days like this. And I can just tell you, and I know I speak for everyone in this room right now, that this is unbelievable information to try to retain, but also to help my dog right now and any dog that I handle, train, or try to train for the rest of my life. The, the, I can't even tell you how much I learned today. I can't even tell you about all the goosebumps I got watching dogs that were just in a crate losing their mind this morning. And by the end of the day, they were doing things that you would just shake your head at. You're like, how is that dog walking across that teeter-totter right now? You know, And, and seeing that, talking about it is one thing, Seeing it is a completely, completely different thing. From Matt, how old is your pup? 12-week-old pup to six-year-old dogs that had uh, very bad habits, very bad habits. And working with that dog in really a couple of hours, you would swear that's a different dog. And that, that is absolutely amazing. A couple people are nodding right now in agreement. Let's... Um, Let's start here. Let's go to where this whole day begins in your mind, Sonny. You're hosting us today. Uh, how, what did you prepare? How did you want to work all of us through? We all brought dogs. I don't know how many we have here today, but what's going on in your mind to get ready for this and how you're going to help me help my dog? So there's a bunch of, of mental preparation, um, but to, to get right to it, we started yesterday with, with a, a few individuals that, uh, that I have a ton of respect for and that I trust to bring them in and, and kind of partake in what we're doing. Um, from there, for me, it's realizing and, and trying to express that the problems that these dogs are having, they're not that big of a deal. That the worst of the worst is not that bad. Because if we can get the human on board, the dog is going to respond almost instantly. Um, and I think we've seen a bunch of that happen today with, with dogs that mentally could, could change pretty quick. So we started with the quick conversation. You explained how the day was going to go. And then we went to the tailgate. And I think everyone here would agree that's where the mind-blowing began. George or Jordan, you want to take us to the tailgate? Jordan, how about you take us to the tailgate? Yeah, so the tailgate was our our first spot we wanted to to start with everybody because we feel like there's so much that's overlooked at the tailgate. And when we're talking about the tailgate, we're talking about going to get a dog out of the vehicle, going to get a dog out of the crate, the dog trailer, whatever it may be. It's your it's your first opportunity to have a conversation with that dog, but also reference and surface a mindset for that dog to start looking for direction and paying attention. So when we go to these dogs at the crate, you know, especially today, you saw a lot of stress. You saw a lot of anxiety. 
You saw a lot of like busy minds. You saw a lot of, you know, lack of mental commitment to stay in there. So the whole process of working the dogs through that crate, um, you start building a relationship with the dog right there. You start getting that dog to look for direction right there. But really, you're really just getting that dog to pay attention to a very high standard. And that's ultimately what you want to pull out of that crate, what you want to pull out of that truck. Whether you're going hunting, you're going to work in the obstacle course, or you're just going into the vet, you want that dog to pay attention. So that tailgate was a huge piece that we wanted to present today um, because it's overlooked, you know, in a lot of the other seminars that we've been to, a lot of the kind of miss, you know, people going hunting and then they're having struggling out there in the field. It's just a huge piece that people are missing. It all starts right there. Oh, yeah. So where did we start then? George, you want to take this? Sure. Um, where did we start this morning? Yeah. Where we how, did, how did that kennel process begin? The, in, uh, in the crate, in the truck, in the car, we, we met everybody right at their vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. And like Jordan was saying, this is, this is our opportunity to get the dog's mind set in the right place to go accomplish a task. And like you said, is the task just to go into our mother-in-law's house? Is the task to go hunting? Is the task to go to the vet? Um, and again, what, what Jordan said is, you know, you look back and you look at your friends that you go hunting with, and um, I don't want to call everyone out by name that sometimes gets to hang out with me, but... Um, You're calling you know, me out right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. calling Travis Frank out right now. If you, if you hit the <laughs> rewind button... Back to 2000. I was going to say, let's take it back 10 years, buddy. Yeah, it's yeah. a while back. Travis and I were in Oklahoma, <clears throat> and uh, we pull up to the first spot, and um, and I'm getting Boone ready. And the first thing, and when I say getting ready, I, I put my hand on the on the uh, crate door, and he just stands up or just stands there. I open the door. He still waits. Then I ask him, I ask him to come out of the crate, and he's supposed to stand still. And then I'm supposed then we put the e-collar on him or the tracking collar. And while I'm trying to do all this on film, Travis Frank is sitting there going, Hey, boondog, boom, we're going, boondog. You know, he's going, hey, hey baby, and, you know, all these like, I think I actually picked him up and started dancing with him because I did, love him so you, much. You did. I you know, I, I actually thought you didn't have hunting clothes on, you had a tutu on. I don't know. You were literally dancing around the truck. It's fair to learn and, in life, George, okay? Yeah. And you I've don't learned. do that anymore, I don't do, do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. So the point is, it's you, we, the human, like, oh, we want to get the dog all excited about whatever activity we're going to do. You need to do the opposite. Yeah. You need the dog to have a calm mind so they can focus on the task at hand. No different when we walk into the office. You know, I have an office job. Walk into the office, if there's, you know, a bunch of, you know, there's a band playing, there's glitter flying, and there's a... You in know, your what, office? That occasionally, like fun, I, yeah. occasionally I do have I, a, I could see you skipping in, by the way. No, I don't really skip in. I walk in with authority. But my point is... <laughs> my point is, we, when we have a task to go into work, we have that task in our mind. And before we open the door to go into our office and sit down and, or, or whatever... If I could also see you when you walk in just slamming things on the table. Let's get this going. I do that only if my vendors really torque me off. Okay. But, but anyway, you, yeah. you want to be focused. Mm -hmm. So therefore, when you go to work your dog, you want your dog to be focused. So that's where we started. We started at the crate. Let's get the dog's mind in the right spot. What is that spot, Sonny? Well, to start with, that had me uh, about climbing out of my skin with anxiety. I've been out of the... Uh, training for the public for the last two seasons so when as me and Jordan built this um, he made it loud and clear that it's going to start at the crate and my mind is to go like, like let's get something done so just like everybody else I'm mentally thinking just what are we going to accomplish at this crate we need to get to the coursework mm -hmm. um, bless his heart you know he he kept me sane and 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 hung on to trust him that this will work so the uh the crate thing was a big deal for me. My, my, ad, my personality is to push and let's make this thing roll and let's get to where it is we need to be. You wanted to get to the course. I want to get to the course. Yep. 
We all wanted to get to the course, but we learned how valuable it was to not rush to the course. I was blown away by how even the crate, we had to slow down to the simplest of simple. Yeah. But I think um, we spent about two hours, three hours maybe, at the crate. But it was really to understand what that dog is thinking right now. And you, you took a, a, a 12-week-old puppy and a six-year-old dog and gave us two examples of how to let that dog process what we need that dog to be doing right now. But what are you trying to accomplish there in their mind? So you saw like the 12-week-old and the six-year-old, you know, do the exact same behaviors. So, you know, that 12-week-old puppy, if we don't start paying attention to stuff now, it's, it's going to just get worse and worse. But you saw that six-year-old have a ton more stress and anxiety. So it was harder on the dog to transition from one dog to the other mindset. So that, that transition period with an older dog, is, it's going to be harder on the dog and it's going to take longer. So with that 12-week-old puppy starting now, you know, at the crate, you can really start shaping the mindset for that dog to get to when you go just to the door. So if I'm going to simplify it all, it's I'm just trying to surface a mindset when I go to that crate, that dog gets into that mindset to pay attention. And how quickly I can get that is how quickly I can get to the next task and then to the next task. But if I can pull that mindset out of that box and then go to apply it to the next thing, it's going to reduce force. It's going to reduce pressure. It's going to like make it zero. Um, so that crate was the prep to have success everywhere else. But Sonny, what you explained it to us this morning very well. What does the dog brain think? Like it's it if you don't lead it, it's going to run its own life out there, right? I mean, explain it like you did for us this morning, please. Yeah, so it, in in my mind that uh, those dogs that have no structure, have no boundaries, have no rules, especially as puppies, they end up with a false sense of responsibility. They're, they're baby puppies with no structure. Their mind is not developed to the point to where they can be a leader. But the human is putting them in, the, in that position with no structure, no boundaries, no rules. So they end up with this, with this crazy, anxious behavior that they need to control everything around them. What does a mom in a dog, in a puppy's life do at this point in, let's say, a 12-week-old dog? So that, that, that female's sole purpose in life is to make sure that those puppies ultimately are good citizens, that they can be an asset to the pack. So, you know, 90% of what we're doing with our puppies, that mother would never accept. It's never, it's never going to be allowed. What do you mean by that? 90% of what we're doing? The, the general dog-owning public or what you're doing here? Nope, the general, the, the dog owner. Yep. You know, the, the puppy jumps up on you, the, the puppy's barking, the puppy's, did whatever it might be doing that's, that in our mind should be negative, mm -hmm. the mother would never allow it. She's going to discipline them. Her, her focus is 100% on making sure that those puppies are successful. For example, a little tiny cute puppy, bundle of fur, soft, cuddly, wonderful, awesome, jumps up on your leg and you pick it up. What have you just done? You have encouraged it to now jump and then take control. Um, the dogs are communicating through the, the pecking order with their touch. Back to, you know, Jordan, this, this method is built on touch. Um, if we don't invade his space back, it's only going to empower him, not because he's bad, because it's what he's learning and we're the ones doing the teaching. And that sets that dog up for a lifetime of that if you don't correct it, correct? Yes. What are you supposed to do? Just, just simply step into him with, with no emotion, no anger, no frustration. Um, just be, be, be flat with your movement and just step into him and he'll back away. Gotcha. I love my dog. And like you, I always want to make sure that she has what she needs to stay healthy year round and perform at her best in the field. That's why I feed Daisy Nutrisource high performance dog food. Nutrisource dog food comes with their good for life system that includes four key ingredients that work together to support gut health, heart health, and the overall well-being of our dogs. I have complete confidence that my dog has all of the nutrition to excel in the field and make it through a rigorous hunting season. I've seen it firsthand, and she loves her food. Take it from me and my dog, Daisy. Nutrisource high-performance dog food can help your dog reach their full potential. Find the food that's right for your dog at NutrisourcePetFoods.com.
If you're an outdoor lover on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you want to haul. Aluma Trailers, well, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa. They have models for nearly any and every hauling need, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say that Aluma trailers tow like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. Now is a great time to make the most of all that tasty meat you harvested. Maybe it's time to try a new recipe, sprinkle on a new seasoning, or make your own jerky and sausage. Trust me, it's not that hard to do, and it can be fun for the whole family. It doesn't matter what you harvested or what you want to prepare with it. Walton's has you covered. Walton's has everything but the meat. That's their motto. Waltons.com has everything, and I mean everything you need to process and prepare your meat. Plus, they have an online community called Meatgistics that's full of recipes and meat processing information. The sky's the limit, my friends. You don't have to be a pro to cook like one. Head to Waltons.com today and enjoy meat processing season. Thankfully, it's a season that never ends. Play out the scenario that you that we played out this morning. What does it look like when that puppy's sitting in there? What was he doing? <laughs> you know, excited. Yeah, so the noise was frustration. And I, I try to tell people, you know, vocalization is derived from frustration. Um, so the, the dog is sitting in there frustrated. He's stressed out. Um, why? Because he's got structure and boundaries. So he is a little puppy, but he, he's fighting his environment right now. He's, he's pushing back against it. So, you know, getting that puppy to kind of accept those boundaries, um, you know, that, that boundary is just going to carry over to like Sonny was just talking about the space. There's a spatial boundary there. You know, the dog jumps on you, you claim its space back. There's a spatial boundary. There's boundaries on the leash. So the dog has to learn to accept its boundaries. And that crate was just a boundary and that puppy was just frustrated. You know, it was, it was pushing back against those boundaries. So how do you help that puppy? So, I mean, the technique that we're using out there is, you know, start- Actually, hold on. That puppy and the six-year-old. Yep. And same, every dog in between. Same process. They're all dogs. They all speak the same language. That's why I said that 12-week-old pup and that six-year-old, they were doing the exact same body language, same licking and swallowing. You just saw one was intensified, that six-year-old. Six years of developing this habitual behavior where that 12-week-old was just trying it. And we have an opportunity to, to stop it and shape it much quicker in life um, and let it you know, not develop to a much worse spot. Um, but you know, working that dog, that puppy in that crate, the only thing I was trying to do is start making it pay attention to something, get its mind engaged, um, getting it, starting to think about things. When you start taking that puppy and putting it in that position where it's got to pay attention and think, now you start working its mind and that mind starts trying different things. It may be the wrong thing. It may be the right thing. And we use that to shape the behaviors that we want. So that puppy got to try different things. It got to go through a learning process. It got to go, well, this isn't working, this is working. And then through a couple reps, you saw that puppy just step away from that you know, space when that door was open and just sit back, lick, swallow, and relax. And that's the, that's the mindset, that's the mental and physical commitment that we're looking for. And only maybe a couple seconds with a puppy, but you're starting to validate that and shape that. Yeah, and, and basically, George, did that? Uh, did he explain any everything there as far as opening and closing the door? What you saw him do there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think what Jordan said was um, one point that he said the puppy. This is a puppy. It's a twelve-week-old puppy. Mm-hmm. Cute. One, it re- it relaxed. Yeah. Not only physically, you could see it in his. You could just read its mind because the eyes. That it just the pup just was like oh. Well, I pushed my nose out. That didn't work. That didn't work because we would gently close the door and say, no, you're not allowed to come out. Right, Jordan? Yeah. And then, and then we opened the door to, to let the pup make a decision. Our end game is for him, to, him or her to relax and just chill out. Mm-hmm. And within, I don't know how many minutes we were standing out there, but it happened relatively quick 
quickly for what we would, we're looking at a 12-week-old puppy. And I don't think we all give a 12-week-old <laughs> puppy credit for how smart they are. Right. And that little guy, Matt, is pretty darn smart. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were we were down by the truck at the end of the day, and uh, I, I don't know if it was you or me or who said it, but it's like, boy, that, that little 12-week-old puppy's really smart. And I might have said, yeah, I like dumb dogs <laughs> because <laughs> that smart dog you really you got to be on point. Yeah. That puppy at 12 weeks old could be three steps ahead of you where uh where a dog that's just like, "Hey, man." Yeah, I think you know, through the course of the day with all the different dogs, we got to see, you know, whoa, we we missed something here. You know, Ryan, we'll get to to him later and his dad Kevin too. I mean, there were certain things that's like things move quickly in a dog's world in their mind. And if you don't get on it right away, you're all of a sudden, you know, Sonny, you, you can add to this. But that, that puppy showed us everything he's going to do at a, at a year-old dog or a two-year-old dog or a four-year-old dog right here at 12 weeks old. Mm -hmm. he, he wrote the book right there in front of us. And by spending roughly seven minutes yes. with that dog, Jordan was able to stop everything in seven minutes at the kennel. And we all just sat there and... He gave the dog a break to think afterwards after putting the boundaries on it and just letting it calm. And then when he went and opened the door, the dog just stood there. Didn't try to stick its head out, didn't try to run out, didn't bark, didn't yelp, was no excitement, was calm. And we all were like, whoa. Because five minutes earlier, that dog was jumping up and down all over, just like you see so many other hunting dogs. I, I've seen them. We've all seen them. Your dog is jacked up. We're going on a gravel road. You hit gravel. It's like, oh, oh, we're going on, you know, and they're jacked up. And you get there and they're like, oh, you know, and, and George, I don't know how you describe it. You did this morning, but like, I mean, they are rearing and ready to go. Eyes are wide open, you know, and that's not the mindset that leads to quality anything in the field. It's so counterproductive. It, it's just <laughs> yeah. insane to me why people like get there want and maybe people do this because they're excited, right? We, right? we go hunting. Yeah. We're all fired up. We're we're not. I'm not sitting in front of my computer, figuring out what widgets to buy for 80 retail stores. I'm out hunting. I get to go. So I think the person, and it all comes back to the person, us. It's all human driven excitement, uh, whatever it is. Anyway. If we just calm down. And don't dog, skip that step. Don't skip that step. Yep. It all begins at the kennel. All right. So we got a calm dog. I think the majority of the people don't know what they don't know. Correct. So they end up they end up with a six-year-old that's, that's unruly because they didn't know what to do when he was a baby. Whatever it is they're doing is what they're learning, and we're the ones doing the teaching. So mm -hmm. if we can develop that 12-week-old that puppy, we have it for life, rather than try to fix him. Um, Jordan had a, I don't remember what the statement was, but it was, it's something that should stick, but ra rather well, than try to fix, it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> rather than try to fix later, let's teach now yeah. so that we don't have to, um, be trying to patch it up at a later date. Jordan, you remember what that was? Can you clear that up for Sonny? You yeah. Can maybe it, write it down for him. Yep. <laughs> no, it was a statement about it's either to shape it than it is to change it. So, yeah. you know, a dog that's six years old. It's harder to change things. With a puppy, if you don't let them learn the wrong way, you just shape the right way the first time, and you just keep moving forward, it's easy on you and it's easy on the dog. So it's much harder to go back and try to change things later in life. But I, th I thought it went pretty smoothly with the six-year-old that was jacked up as well. I mean, it really... Yeah. I think so many people just give up on it and say, that's just the way the dog is. He's just really excited and and you know but you're listening to a dog yelping for 14 hours a day you know all jacked up that's not healthy for the dog based on the mindset that that dog is in right right and if that dog six years old eight years old you can still help that dog it's mm -hmm. a living animal its mind is still working so you can there's no age like you can't like not train that you know that mind can be helped in a way 
So it's not like an age thing. It's just, here's the dog that's in front of us. Let's work it. Yep. And so you're establishing the pecking order, right? You, we, we went back to this so many times today, Sonny. You're establishing the pecking order. You're working with the dog, but you're helping the dog understand its role, right? Okay. So got a, we got two dogs and the other dogs. We all took our time at the kennel which I think is just really valuable in seeing all this stuff, having people here with your knowledge to over the shoulder, just give a little feedback, try this. I mean, I've not been to a lot of seminars and I highly encourage people to do that. I, you know, I think you guys are going to have more of these now that today was a trial run. And from what you're saying, this was successful from my end. It was an unbelievable day. Everyone in this room got to witness incredible things with dogs. So I, I think I know for a fact I encourage people to do this. If you guys have the opportunity to join the method seminar, do it. Okay, so you got a dog then that is now calm, waiting for you to guide them. Take us to the next step. So you got that dog to acknowledge and start to hook up and join up with you. You know, they're they're working with you at the crate. You know, that next step is getting that dog out of the crate and getting it on a lead, right? So that that lead is going to become your way to communicate to that dog. So the kind of mindset that you took out of the crate is going to get transferred to the mindset on the leash. And that's, it's, a, that's a train going by, if you can <laughs> hear that in this audio, by the way. But uh, yeah, so that mindset in the crate is going to be easier to reference on the leash. Um, so that lead is going to become your next part. Um, it's going to be your communication device. It's going to work off, you know, cues in this touch. So we're going to stay silent and we're going to keep talking dog language, which is body language and touch on that lead. So that's the next step is we're on the lead now. Okay. And in the past, I mean, the lead is nothing new. You guys have been using it for how long, Sonny? I mean, since you started probably, right? Forever. Yeah. And a lot of trainers. I mean, a lot of different methods that are out there. Um, what have you done differently, though, in how you've evolved to where you are today with that? So I think what we've the 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 the, dis, the, the difference what we're doing today is there's absolutely there's no force with the lead anymore. Everything goes back to what Jordan's talking about, which is to teach and to learn. Um, building a point of con a point of contact to look for instruction without any resentment. And here's the deal that you've really come across by going this route and getting into a dog's mind and helping the dog. You're able to get to the end game twice as fast. Is that what you're saying? Three times faster than you used to. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we don't want to. You know, the the fear is you start talking about time frames and what it takes to get from A to B, you, you, then you assume that everybody's going to think it's going to be quick. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not a, that's not the message. The, the message is with the mind that's engaged, that wants to learn the it's, it's, they're on steroids to process information. So they're eager, they're open for information. So then the information, whether it be retrieving work, whether it be steadiness work, whether it be a pet walking down the street, they're wide open to learn. Yeah, you can, we, all the dogs today were just, it, they would quickly lose their focus and you would just, a, a simple little tap, hey, check back in, we're back in here together. You're allowing the dog to make mistakes and correct them, right? Yeah, and it's, it's the allowing them to make the mistake I think is huge. And they don't understand English, so that, that lead can communicate to them, which is extremely crisp, it's extremely clear. It, uh, there's, there's no confusion once that has been established. Um, so yeah, it's, it's amazing. And there's no vocalization between you and the dog. It's all a physical communication silently. 100% body language and then touch with that lead. Hmm. Okay. So dog's out, you're just walking around. What are you trying to achieve there? Just go with, um, the byproduct of going with is a dog that would heal in the past. Uh, myself for sure got too wrapped up in the dog needs to heal. Your head needs to be here. You need to be with me. Um, the byproduct of that was resentment, it, the lack of understanding, being pushed too hard. So nothing more than on a lead. You just have to move with me. You just have to pay attention. The byproduct of paying attention is that you have a dog that will naturally want to heal. Hmm. 
I think one thing that I've experienced is the distractions and a strong prey drive, but you're overcoming that because you're inside this dog's mind that you're doing this together, right? Yeah. With the coursework, as soon as, <clears throat> as soon as the dog will focus on the bird or the prey drive kicks in, they, they will fail on the course. And the rules on the course are very, very simple. Um, if they try, we're going to try. If they fail, we just try again. But, but quitting is not acceptable. Okay. Who's responsible for this course? You or Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> Is it together? We, we touched on it, Jordan, when yeah. you were on the show. There's, but there's I hey, hey, Trev. Yeah. Can I jump in here? Yeah. I, I, you did it? Yeah, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... Sorry, I, I didn't leave... I didn't put George as an option. Who... <laughs> George no, the, the way that the course is being used, the obstacles that we're using, you know, Sonny kind of developed this whole theory and mindset around it. Um, so it's agility equipment. You know, it's just stuff built, um, slippery, wobbly, whatever. The obstacles are physical, but they also can be mental. So, you know, obstacles are all over the real world. It could be you know, going into a store, going to the vet, going hunting. So the obstacle course that Sonny, you know, developed with these agility obstacles and the way that he's using them is to relate to those. So the pieces of equipment are not, as Sonny says, as important. You know, the height, the size, the width, all, people kind of get crazy about how do you build it and why did you build it that way? You know, what he's developed is a obstacle course to challenge almost the mindset and the, the point of contact that he's developed on the lead. So, you know, Sonny has 100% because when I flew up here to mentor with him, the course was already built and he's like, here's what I'm doing. Does this make sense to you? And I'm, no, you know, <laughs> right. what's going on here? I had here? to see it. You know, I came from a place it. with yeah. a bunch of obstacles that we let dogs play on and stuff like that. But he's like, this is how I'm using it. This is, this is how I'm challenging the dog. And then it just started to click and it's like, wow, wow, wow you know, things just started moving forward. So go ahead, George. You know, I'd like to jump in because, you know, what Jordan just said is, um, I don't know how long ago it really was when you first, Sonny, when you first built the equipment. But I came out here and I was, my first instinct was like, well, this is cute. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, look, I'm going to take my dog up on the table. I'm going to walk across a plank. I'm going to go to a elevated. Um, Peter Totter. Uh, well, the teeter-totter is one thing, but yeah. then uh, you, the dog walks up a ramp, goes across a plank, and then back down the ramp, and that, that whole apparatus is, say, doesn't matter, but about four feet off the ground, whatever. doesn't could be three feet off the ground. But the first time I saw it, <clears throat> I'm like, okay, I kind of understood it. You know, we're, we're getting the dog to think. And this is a long time ago. <clears throat> and um, But it didn't click. Until when? For me. When you watched it? No. Today. Yeah? Literally today. And I have all this stuff at my kennel. And I was just going through, like, the process. But I wasn't fully understanding. I wasn't really helping the dog mentally understand that there was a task involved and that I just kind of walked him through it, right? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really using it to develop the touch that I wanted on the dog. Well, and I think cue. perhaps why, and I, this is how it works for me, is I see a, a six-year-old dog that is in its kennel, and I keep going back to this, this dog, and beautiful dog, but just ready to come flying out, you know, out of control, 100%, you know, and you, Jordan brought that dog through to show us. And so we got to see, and this is why it clicks, is because you've seen a dog that is out of control and now is 100% under control and going through difficult tasks with you right there. You're leading the dog into it. It failed, it failed, it failed, it failed, and you continue to give it the opportunity, and all of a sudden, a little bit at a time little bit at a time. And now the dog is going up and now the dog, there is no yelping. There is no jumping around. The dog is a hundred percent focus on you and what we're trying to achieve in, in a matter of like 
a couple of hours, you have this dog that for the last how many years has really challenged its owner and this husband and wife. And also, I should say, bring your if you're a husband listening to this, bring your wife, bring your kids, because when they see it, they're like, holy cow, everyone's on board then to understand their family pet. But anyway, that's where it really clicks is when you see a dog go to those points, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, we we walk, the, the dog is frustrated, right? And then we show them we we we're not forcing anything. That's the beauty of this whole thing. There's no like there's always I've always been taught, you know, there's no emotions, no highs, no lows. Keep it flat as flat it can be. Well, with the method, it really how do I want to say this? For myself, the human element I'm not going to get that fluctuation because it's about the obstacle that we're asking the dog to do, whether it's coming out of the crate, it's the the dog in the crate. It's not me and the dog. The, the, the frustration that the dog is undergoing is not with me, with the human. It's with the crate, with the crate door. When we go to the, to the agility, the obstacle, it's it's the dog trying to figure out the obstacle, and we're just teaching, helping the the dog along to understand what we're asking, and we're and it helps us. Um, it might have been Matt, I can't remember, or Ryan. Just uh, he was Ryan. You're like, no. Anyway, doesn't matter. Matt said, "This just helped me slow down." Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. We're always life is just. Right, fast, fast, fast. We got to get this stuff down. I want instant gratification. I got to, I got to do this so I can move on to that. And this process, this method, just teaches us to slow down because we give, we're giving the dog an object, objective to, to work on. Right, Sonny? Yeah, that's the second biggest piece of it. It, uh, it's a human thing, not a dog thing. So one of the byproducts of learning, building the course, I was seeing what it did to the human. And that did not come from me. Uh, that came from Rick when he was in Connecticut with uh, out of frustration, had the people go to the to their agility course and just try to get the dogs loosened up. And then he he had seen what it did for the dogs and the human. And he had called me and said, "There's you know there's something here that needs to be pursued." And that that's how it started. Um. So. Okay. So we're like five hours into our training today and we now have dogs going through the course, but explain how this helps a hunting dog. Oh boy. <laughs> that's, that's a loaded question. Because we have a lot of hunters listening to this show and they want to know how does that help my dog find birds and go with me out in the field? George, I, you want to jump I in? Just, I want to give it to Sonny and and Jordan here real quick, but it goes back to what I said. We all go hunting with people, and they all want to, uh, you know, they all get excited around the truck. They're all jumping around, oh, yeah, hey, Fido, you want to go chase some birds? And, and they get the dog all amped up. You could come up with a better dog name than that. Oh, I just used Fido because sure. I think that's your dog, next dog's name. Nope. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Sunny. In my opinion, it puts the uh, it puts the the mental state of the dog on steroids to learn. the The course takes like crazy focus to accomplish the tasks. Um, they go through the gauntlet or the the doggy tough mutter, and then we do get to the bird field. And the natural things to do in the bird field are are they're pretty basic and they're pretty natural for the dog. But they can refer back to what they learned on the course. <clears throat> to focus on what it is we're trying to teach, which is nothing more than you got to go with me and you got to be still. Um, so I think that we imprint, we, we um, kind of burn it into their brain that uh, you have to focus, you have to focus, you have to focus, you have to focus. And then it, it allows them to be responsible for their actions. It allows them to be responsible for their own feet, their head, um, without any force. It... Uh, the, the the course will absorb all their stress. And I think that, that that line came from Jordan, but that's real. That's what's happening. Sure. You you take all of their anxiety, all of their stress that the human has, has, has put into them, and you run them through the course, and the course just takes it all away. 
because they need to focus. And then they, they come off there with the mindset of now there is a relationship with that human. Um, you're a team. You both went through the gauntlet together. That's where I do believe that it is helping. The, it's probably helping the human, if not as much, maybe even more than the dog, because it does help the, the human to focus. For sure. And um, way back when me and Jordan talked about some of the stuff with uh, building it, it was these are things that people can be doing at home. Like it can, if it's four feet of snow outside, you can be, you can jack with this stuff in your garage. I mean, there's simple things you can be doing to stimulate that dog mentally on a day to day basis, just to keep him engaged. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to then it's probably, I, I think now some of the stuff that we're learning, it's probably more important for the human than it is the dog to, to maintain the focus because we are so, we are so fast. Cell phones are ringing. We have places we have to be. We have time for nothing. And the dogs, that's, that's just not their world. They don't, they don't live with that kind of a pace. So when you're working with a dog, you know, you, you have different points that the dog is, is at in their life. How much time are you really talking about spending with that dog each day or a few times a week? Well, so if we're going to talk time frames, I would say, if, if, if we're going to talk about a time, I would say it's probably... 10 to 15 minutes per workout. But uh, what it turns into is a way of life. It turns into that now your course is literally, Jordan's, you know, comment, you're eating breakfast. <laughs> Where's that dog need to be? You know, there's, there's a course there. Um, you're going to the mailbox. There, there's, a, there's a course going to the mailbox. So it, it just turns into a way of life where now, it, because you see the benefits that it has for the dog. The relationship is like times 10. Um, I think the human with time can see that, wow, the, the relationship I had with the animal yesterday is completely different today. And if I can put my own selfish needs aside, I can see he's much happier. He has peace. Mm -hmm. So then it inspires you to just turn everything into life is a course. I think for somebody to grasp it, who's listening, they're like, I, how do I grasp it? When you take, you haven't been hunting for a while, let's say, and you take your dog out to go hunting, that dog then the next day is like, are we doing it again? They look at you differently because they know we just did something really awesome together, you know. And so right after you're working with the dog, doing something that really gets them going, at least my dog, she's like, every move I make, she's right there like, are we doing it again today? So this is a similar type of thing where your dog is looking to you like, are we back? Are we, we doing this again? You know? And you, you can take it from there into all these different steps that you're explaining, right? Yes. Want to add anything to that, Jordan? Yeah, I think, you know, backing up to the question of, you know, how does the hunter use this course or how is it relatable is, like Sonny just said, you know, hunting now becomes your course. And all the communication, all the language, all the direction, everything was built in that course, that obstacle course. And then you're just, you're using the same exact language and cues out hunting. So the dog just transitions to the field that much easier. Instead of trying to teach stuff in the field or teach stuff, you know, around birds, this course has been like a prerequisite to get to the field. And then when you get to the field and you ask them to do something, they've already done it, you know, X amount of times in the course. So, you know, anything that you plan on doing, you know, that coursework can prep you for it, whether it's hunting or going to the mailbox, like Sonny said, it's just, that mindset and that language, that communication, it's just, that's what relates to the hunting. Sure. Um, this has essentially eliminated the woe post. Yes, woe post on a checkboard for yeah. the most part. That's crazy. Not really. It feels like it, though. It, it's not, and it, it's, we did not recreate the wheel. Um, you know, the, the reality of this is Rick Smith is, is the one that taught all of us. I mean, that, that's who gets the credit for teaching us. All we did was Jordan's words with Rick is it's the foundation as we know it. He's just going to take it to a deeper level. That's all we've done. We've just, we've, we've seen where the people were struggling. We've seen the frustration and we, we got together and we, we took it to a deeper level. Okay. I want everyone listening right now to think of questions that you want to ask these guys. You may have asked them this morning, but it, if it was essential for your learning today, I want you to ask it again, because I believe that if you have the question, 
other people listening are going to have this question. Um, so we're going to prep that and we're going to do this shortly, but we're going to continue just a little bit from here. So you've, you've gone through this course. Um, how often are you bringing dogs back through it? Is it continuous? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that comes back to um, Butch McCumber did not make it because I, I, I missed the call. Um, but that somebody had run into him into a gas station. He said, hey, I met this guy, Butch McCumber, says he knows you. And I met him with this concept of, hey, are you hunting or are you training? Because he got a whistle hanging around his neck. And uh, Butch, his statement was, well, you're always training. So, you know, back to uh, that, that comment, I, it's, it's, a, it's a life thing. It just, it just, it's part of life. It's part of what we do. It's part of, part of the day. I mean, I think everyone asks us, well, when's the dog trained? How long, is, it, how long does it take you to have a trained dog? There's no such thing. There is no such thing. It's a, it's, it's, <laughs> I'll make a joke on myself. Am I trained? I know what Sonny will say. Oh, hell no. Right. <laughs> I mean, we've been around the world. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't train everything, man. Not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, Sonny and I are uh, like, Sorry, Sonny and I are like brothers, and and I'm pretty sure he'd say, "Wow, uh, George, you're it, it." I'm older than him, but I look at him and I go, "Dude, you still got to train me." You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it. Our kids. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, but you have a relationship, you're always working on that relationship, right? And if you don't, it fails. So, friendships. Mm -hmm. If you don't work on a friendship. And you don't communicate with each other, you just drift off, right? Jordan gets into the the primal aspects of it, which is it's something that I'm going to be I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it. But he gets into the primal aspects of the animal. That that dog is never going to be trained because in in the reality of his life, he forever has to compete for rank. Because at some point in time, that older female, that older male are not going to be there anymore. The younger dogs are coming up to fulfill that spot to make sure that everybody stays safe, everybody stays healthy, everybody can be assets to society. So it never ends. It's a forever, it's a forever deal till we're dead. Well, and it's our responsibility if you're going to have a dog. And I believe most people that are listening right now, especially if they've made it 55 minutes into this, they want the best for their dog. And that's what you want too. That's why you're trying to do this. Um, you want to talk on the, the primal aspect of it? And then, Sonny, I want you to say, you know, what are your plans here moving forward? Yeah, so the, I mean, the primal aspect of the dog is really just understanding the dog, you know, what their needs are, what they, they need to feel a certain way. So those are ingredients. So that comes back to the structure, the boundaries, the leadership. It's everything that they would have within the pack if there's no humans. Um, so when I look at a dog, I'm, you know, I look at the dog and say, what does this dog need? And I try to get primal, get to that spot of, you know, he needs leadership. He needs some structure. He needs some boundaries because that's what the pack, that's what the other dogs would do to him. So getting primal with a dog is really just understanding what the dog needs to feel a certain way, feel successful. And then getting back to the mindset of, you know, age and, you know, when do we stop the coursework? You don't. It's just like humans. You gotta, you gotta maintain a mindset to feel good. You need to get out. You need to have physical stimulation. You have mental stimulation. So these primal dogs that are out there in the wild, coyotes, wolves, stuff like that, they're getting all that stuff. Um, and that's that's what we're trying to give to the people to understand their dog and what they really need. Mm -hmm. And there's a big disconnect there, and that's what we're after is to help those people understand that dog is talking to you, but. You're totally, you're not paying attention. You're not listening. Sure. How frustrating is it to spend so much time with these dogs, see their potential, work with them, see them get there, and then a trainer that isn't really invested, picking that dog up, taking it home, or an owner picks that dog up, and you know you need to work with that owner to help them help their dog, right? Right. I mean, how let's you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings here because it is what it is how how often or what percent of people come pick their dog up that you've trained that bring them back cuz the dog is falling apart because it's the owner's fault 
or they they haven't been helping their dog. I mean, guilty. I go ahead. I mean, it's the people will come out and be guilty. You know, I think nine out of ten times they're gonna. I haven't I haven't done really anything. I haven't you know kept up with this. And as soon as you get a lead on them and reference it, it's boom, it's right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my experience. Is just yeah, that's it's not. I don't think it's as it's, it's not as frustrating as as what we would think. Because most of the people want to do it right. They really do. They might not know how, but they want to. Mm-hmm. So then our job is turning way more into a people trainer than is a dog trainer. And it's, it's the burnout was, the burnout was, um, you know, the Rick Smith talk. Sonny, you, you've got to stop training the dog to suit you. You need to train the dog to suit the people. And I, I've just realized that over the last, you know, three, four years. The burnout was from training the dog to suit me when that wasn't necessarily what they wanted. But the majority of the people, um, no, I don't, it's, it's not as, it's not of a, it's not as frustrating as what you would think. Meeting them where they're at and getting them what they need is fairly successful. Hmm. But there is a lot of mental energy <clears throat> that goes way more into the people than what it does into the dog. Yeah. Uh, what are your goals? Anybody, all, any one of you three can take this. Where are you taking this next? And how are people going to be avail- allowed to see this firsthand? Any future seminars that you have planned? Yeah. Um, my goal is to take it as far as we can take it. Uh, for me, it's about my quality of life and the peace and the fun that I'm having from this point going forward. Um, don't have a lot to prove. Kind of been there, done that. But I want to stay in the game. Um, I, I, I feel m- much better being productive, and I think that's a big piece of the dogs. They feel so much better when they're working, and that work doesn't have to be, you know, going bird hunting. That that's where the core stuff comes in. So, for me, I, I want to see this go forward, and in my heart, I want to be able to help the people make the absolute best dogs we can make. Gotcha. So you're here in Central Wisconsin, Jordan. You're in Connecticut. George, you're in Minnesota. Are you guys planning on having regular uh, seminars like this? Uh, I know today was a trial run to see if you could teach people. I think you would say that you taught some people. You feel good about it? Yeah, I feel I feel I'm content. Yeah, George, the, monkey, the monkey's off my back. Yeah, I, I, today was so powerful. Yeah, um, watching everyone here today and how they engage with their dog. And and how they engage with themselves, how they understood. You could just see your. I could see your guys's heads just going. Okay, I'm getting this step. I'm getting this step. I'm putting it all together. That's the satisfaction and, that we get. Yeah, that's, that's the huge. satisfaction that I'm getting is watching have, the people. I have, um, you know, Sonny and Jordan make money doing this. I've not made one dime, not one dime, and I've been doing it 20 years. You ain't very of, good. What? You must not be very good. <laughs> no, no. I'm a terrible. I'm a terrible. I'm a terrible dog trainer. A lot of IOUs. Um, I've volunteered to help others get. I think it, it's very satis- satisfying to me to help others, and that might be, you know, well, Sonny. We've known each other for over twenty years. And there's been seminars here. And when Sonny calls me and says, hey, you want to come over and uh, help out or whatever? You know, I'm like, boom, I'm all in. Because, not because of Sonny Picars, because I love him like a brother, but because I know there's going to be people here that they're, they paid money, so they're here for a reason. They've made the commitment. My satisfaction of not of of volunteering is seeing someone walk away like the pressure's off them, right? Like they get this understanding. Today was like, wow. For me, it, you know, I've been doing this for so long, but seeing it at a different approach that both Sonny and Jordan put us through today. Yeah, you and I had some side conversations. Yeah, I mean that's that was Ben Bredigan and I last year out at your place. We were having our own side conversations when you were, you know, pouring all that wisdom into us too. And I can't even describe how appreciative we are of it. Yeah, but uh, we, you and I did that today. 
watching this stuff unfold. Right. And um, so as Sonny said, I must be a horrible dog trainer because I've never made a dime on it. But anyway. Um, made some pretty good friends. He's I made some <laughs> great friends, and he's a great friend, and Jordan's a great friend. But it's it's the – I'm almost losing my train of thought, but the, the satisfaction, like Sonny said, it's like the people. When you see someone just look at you like – and their dog and the relationship that they in the morning they showed up with, right? Yeah. So the folks show up and they've got a relationship with their dog, right, wrong, or indifferent. They're here because they have an issue, right? Or they or, or they just want to help their dog. They want to yeah. they want to achieve. Or 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 they want to get to the next step. Yeah. So that's why they're 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 want to attend and to see someone walk away with like that. Oh my gosh, this is so I got it. This is so awesome. And the dog's learning. The person is learning. Let me rephrase that. The person is learning, therefore they're able to help their dog. Yeah. It's, We're gonna it's leave just it. so okay. awesome. You didn't answer my question, by the way, but what that's was your okay. question. What did I dance Are you around? You have more opportunities for people to come and oh, learn. Oh jeez, I'm sorry. I Hold got on, right no. into We've we are over an hour already. And we have a whole bunch of people here that have learned a lot today, and I want to include them. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to end this conversation right now, and you'll have to wait till next week to get the other half. But this is where I think it could get really fun because we're going to dig into some things that we learned, real examples today with young dogs and every dog in between. So we'll be back with that next week on the Flush Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.